0: I'd like to invite you along the Camino with me. I'm Holly Brock and welcome to the playful ponderings of my particular pilgrimage along the Camino de Santiago. This story, Bicycleta, is indeed my account of the few days I cycled on the Camino de Santiago. It was definitely worth experiencing. There's a saying on the Camino, walk your walk. And for this story, maybe for a bit, cycle your cycle on a letter. I made the mistake one time of saying to a man who had a physique like LeBron James, and I quote, I really wish I could get in your body for a little while. This was at a Hampton Inn breakfast bar while we were waiting for our waffles to cook. He was speechless, and we retrieved our waffles in awkward silence. What I meant was that I think it would be fascinating to experience life from his perspective. What would the world be like? If I was a good foot taller, twice as wide, could see over the top of people's heads, what was it like to try to fit those legs in size 15 feet into a small car, walk into a room and automatically make a statement simply by the space you take up in it? I sure wish I had said something more along those lines, but maybe it was food for a good chuckle later with his friends. The Camino de Santiago is primarily walked by pilgrims on foot. But in areas, some people ride bikes. I could not become LeBron-sized and experience life with that impressive body. But I could try getting a bike for a few days and seeing what riding along the Camino is like. So I rented a bicicletta in Burgos and set out to experience a different perspective of the Camino. Because sometimes the only way to gain new perspective is to get out of the one you're in and into another. Perspective one. I started strong with my front tire facing backwards. I have ridden a bike since I was a young girl, so the only rational explanation I could come up with was that European bikes must be different. That must be why the steering felt off and I had to ride duck-footed so that my feet would not catch the tire even on the slightest turn. It did not dawn on me that I could have assembled it wrong. I kept telling myself that I would get the hang of it. I made it fine the first few kilometers on straight open road and then entered a small town. Many pilgrims were stopping to replenish water, stretch backs, and refer to the guidebooks. I was feeling kind of cool on my bike and wanted to look like a real cyclist, so I sat up, sped up, and prepared to navigate the square. On a curb right in front of a cafe, my foot caught the front tire and in what felt like slow motion, awkwardly fell further and further to the side, using my knee as a brake on the asphalt. In so many ways, even in Spain apparently, pride cometh before a fall. But also, falls cometh necessarily before being willing to receive help. It was while I was making my getaway that a lady called out, might want to check that front tire! As I slowly duck-pedaled away as fast as I could. And just in case you didn't know, pride can come before multiple falls. And then, not to be outdone, those falls turn right around and beg for more help. Suffice it to say, only when I happened upon a small group of experienced cyclists, stopped along a little, doing a little maintenance of their own, and made my introduction by means of a silent little topple to the side, that I was humble enough to ask for help. One of the guys, deftly and with a little chuckle, turned my front wheel 180 degrees and secured it. I repaid my Spanish hero with a kiss on each cheek, making him blush. We humans are interesting creatures, somehow humbled as I was and wincing at my bruised and bloody knee. I was simultaneously congratulating myself for the distance I had managed to travel with the front wheel facing backwards. Go figure. Perspective two. This was the part of the trail that traversed some amazing plateaus. You might judge that it's easier to cycle the Camino rather than walk it. And you would be right on the sections that are paved and you are traveling downhill. I quickly learned a cycling fundamental though gotta go up to go down. On top of the first plateau, I came upon a jolly Irishman named Charlie playing his guitar. He was advertising for his friend's pub down in the next town, where he would be playing later. I stopped there, and although this wasn't the oasis, which is famous along a different section of the Camino, it truly was an oasis with food for the body and for the soul. I met the owner who said she had literally had a dream about this town and saw herself creating this cafe. Her dream was coming true which reminded me that in order for one's dream to come true, one must have a dream. Her life reminded me to ask for a dream too. During a meal of yummy curried lentils and a welcome green salad, the sun continued making its way west. And as I was saddling up to move on, a lady walked by inviting me to a yoga class she was teaching. Some yin before the yang sounded like a great idea, except this class was an hour of burning muscles, Back in the saddle an hour and a half later, with the sun ever lower in the sky, I feared that I did not have the stamina for the speed I needed to get to the next town before dark. There was one way forward, though, which was forward, up, and over another desolate plateau. I think because I felt a little desperate, God blessed me with a special gift. I have come to believe that at any other time of day, this land would have been beautiful in its starkness, But the gift he gave me was a land on fire. Pedaling west toward the rim of the plateau, the ball of sun setting there was catching everything on fire and turning it to gold, including me. I sang out of my fear and my wonder, and then my song got me through. To this day, I sing when I'm nervous, and I sing when I'm full of joy. I made it to the town, out of energy, but with a soul full of the golden burning land of the Camino asking for a dream. I hope you do too. Perspective three, it truly is a different experience biking the Camino. Often it creates awkward moments. When I was on foot, I didn't really appreciate the cyclists who would yell on your left, implying that you needed to move over so they could pass, which often messed up your conversation or train of thought. Yet when on the bike, sure enough, I found it necessary to ask others to move so I could maneuver on the trail. So I tried to be cute saying things like, "yoo-hoo" or ringy dingy, which mostly just confused people. Also, sometimes it's frustrating because there's the reality of a large metal contraption that is your responsibility and at any other time than when you're actually riding it is a pain in the rear. Well, and actually is a pain in the rear, even when you're riding it. <laughs> <laughs> but then again, sometimes it's really, really fun. Like those moments where you're speeding down a hill past all those with only their feet to carry them. That's pretty freeing. And once when I felt a hand on my back as I was laboring up a long hill, it was a fellow stronger cyclist who had come up beside me to give me a boost. Buen Camino. Perspective four. Three things were slowly dawning on me the more I rode. One, That it is a whole lot easier to bike on a paved road than the often rocky, rutted, narrow, or congested path of the Camino proper. Two, that it was generally possible to get where I wanted via paved roads. Three, that I could figure out a route along these paved roads. So the next day I made a plan to strike out onto regular roads for certain sections. I quickly found myself outside of the Camino bubble, which reminded me of a few other things. One, on the Camino, 99.9% of the people on the path are headed west, like a one way street, but off the Camino, not everyone was headed to Santiago. Two, that people in the normal world have deadlines and responsibilities and are not necessarily in the same contemplative frame of mind that most pilgrims are in. Three, That I didn't deserve an award or special treatment because I was a pilgrim, and that maybe off the path in all practical senses, I was just a confused American tourist. Four, that maps don't always show road work and the ensuing chaos it brings. So I'm feeling pretty good about my decision as I near Leon. I'm on a road that is slowly expanding, growing more lanes, and where the cars are picking up speed. This worries me a little, but that's better than traversing up and along the ridge that I saw pilgrims on in the distance. As I'm busy congratulating myself, I'm also finding myself entering a massive roundabout with construction. I have no idea which exit to take, so I keep going round and round and round. Every honk reminding me that yes, even people on pilgrimages are not immune to death, I finally use my super sharp sense of direction and take the exit that seems like the right direction toward the city. Yes. As I rounded the bend and could see beyond the hill, there it was in the distance, Leon. What I wasn't seeing yet was that I had successfully chosen the road that fed directly onto the freeway. In Finding Nemo, Dory sings a little tune to herself with words, Just keep swimming, just keep swimming when she is getting through a harrowing section of the ocean. And if any driver had their window down as I hugged that interstate wall and pedaled like my life depended on it, they would have heard me belting out, just keep pedaling, just keep pedaling. Actually, I loved every minute of it. I made it to the next exit and came down into the outskirts of town. I had to be way off the Camino. How long would it take me to get back on track? Have I talked yet about the magic of the yellow arrows along the Camino? I try to keep moving and take a few hopeful turns when, what is that I spy as I come through an alleyway? In a shaft of sunlight, no less, I spy a yellow arrow spray painted on the side of a building and another painted on the sidewalk, showing me the way. Perspective five. This was on the last day on the bike. And I'm feeling pretty strong and confident. I mean, let's face it, once you've successfully ridden with your wheel backwards on some scary steep and rocky paths on the freeway, yeah, you're pretty confident. So on the last day I had my bike, my rascal side came out. I love the show Candid Camera and often create ideas for scenarios to catch people off guard. Today's scenario involved me pulling into a petrol station and pulling my bike right up beside a gas pump. Gas stations in Spain generally have attendants that will fill your tank. And on the other side of my pump, an attendant was currently filling up a blue compact car. A little coaching for all you candy camera wannabes. Don't forget, context matters. Because the international language of a big smile only got me so far. Soon, I have the attendant and the two passengers staring at me. I tried not to smile and hold the comedic pause as I waited for the fueling on the other side to be completed. They were mumbling and shooting glances until the moment could not be stalled any longer and the tank was full. At that point, the attendant turned to me, pump in hand, and we make full eye contact. I smile again and nod toward my bike trying to non-verbally communicate, yes, please fill up my vehicle as well. Dramatic pause, beat, beat. The moments pass ever so slowly and it becomes apparent that the joke was indeed, has indeed been lost in translation. But I consoled myself as I pedaled away as fast as I could that at least I have given them a really great story to tell their families about a crazy lady asking for petrol for her bicicletta. That afternoon, I returned the bicicletta, happy to be back on my two feet, but knowing it had been worth it. There's a saying on the Camino, walk your walk, and sometimes, bike your bike. I'm glad I did both.